Welcome to the podcast, In and Through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim, and I am the senior pastor at Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario. And my name is Marshall, and I'm the associate pastor of that same church. How you doing, Marshall? I'm doing well. Doing well. I did my did my job okay, Tim, my new job. You did. I, did, yeah. I watched that screen. Checking the monitor. That's right. Make sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just came off vacation. You did? So, that's... That always makes you feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. The Razorbacks are four and zero. Yeah, the Broncos are three and zero. I'm three and zero in fantasy football, <laughs> and the Cardinals are still in a 16 game winning streak. That's crazy. You're in sports heaven right now. It's been fantastic. <laughs> oh man, this this time of year can be full of joy or full of heartbreak, depending on how you're respective sports teams are doing <laughs> so it's good times for you tim it's good times for you how are you doing ah, all right vikings won on sunday so that's cool yeah cousins look good yeah but not why we're here no not a sports podcast no although that'd be fun that would be fun i think it's time we announce the 2022 in and through <laughs> sports podcast <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's happening. Yeah, we'd lose our listener. We could do a one-off. That'd be fun. We could talk about the place of faith in sport. I think we should talk about what we pray about. Okay, let's do that. What should we pray? Question number 40. Yeah. In the New City Catechism. I I think we're only a couple of weeks away from revealing what we are actually going to do in 2022. That's true. Uh, But what should we pray? Mm. Uh, Why does it matter? Well, we've covered what prayer is, the necessity for it. We've covered uh, last week the the attitude or the heart that ought to be behind our prayers. But what about the content? Like, What should we be praying? Mm-hmm. Um, I think is a, is a good question. Um, what does that look like? Where, where do we go? Um, or do we go anywhere? Um, is, you know, these are important questions that I think we need to, to navigate. And even for those people who have made it a... A practice of prayer, uh, made a practice of prayer, uh, you know, a regular thing in their lives and do it well. Um, I think it's still good to kind of rethink through these things and just, mm-hmm. you know, f- with a fresh set of eyes, look at, okay, what are we praying and, and where is that coming from? So, and, and how does this go wrong? How do we find ourselves in a place where we are praying for wrong things? Well, <laughs> or, or approaching prayer in a wrong way as far as its content. Mm -hmm. Well, I think broadly speaking, because we can get really bogged down in specific examples and we can talk about some of those, but I think one wrong way to approach how to pray is to just simply think that it doesn't matter at all. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, It's just, it's a, it's an absolute free for all. It's just, there's no, you know, there's, there's nothing to kind of inform us. We just, whatever pops into our head that that's all that matters. And if, as long as we're doing that, we're good to go. Um, so I think, yeah, but if that were true, um, I don't think we would be getting so much direction from scripture on what to pray for. Sure. Anything else? Well, I think just related to that same thing uh, in, it doesn't matter or we don't know, right. We just, we just don't know what to pray for. Again, I think as we're going to see, we do have examples 
mm-hmm. and we do have the Holy Spirit that prompts us as well, I think. Um, and then, you know, pray what we feel. Um, yes, we should be praying sincerely from the heart, uh, but there's value and benefit to to be thinking through what we should be praying for. Yeah, I, I think if I was going to talk about two things that we commonly see go wrong in what we pray, mm. uh, one of them is assuming things to be too small to yeah. bring to God. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. A um, few weeks back, our dog got really, really, really sick mm-hmm. for quite a while. And my kids and I prayed for Bella. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I don't think that we should be at a place where we would look to something and say, that m- really matters to me, but it doesn't matter to God. Mm-hmm. I think in that, we misunderstand the fact that this created world matters to God more than it matters to us. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one who loves it more. It is representative of his glory and those deaths and illnesses, not that Bella passed, but she nearly did. Mm. Um, Those deaths and illnesses are the presence of sin, which is more egregious to him than it is to us. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And so, so nothing is too small. Now, does that mean that I think we need to pray for every sparrow that falls from the sky in Sunday morning church, small group prayer, stuff like that? No, I. in context, there are different levels of appropriate that I might bring before other people. Mm-hmm. But as far as my own prayer before God, if it's a thing... Talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Oh, yeah. You're not going to find God being like, you're wasting my time over this. <laughs> Seriously? I've been, I've been praying over vehicles in the last couple of months. Hey. <laughs> the old one and the new one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Anointing the, it with oil? <laughs> Sorry. I think the other way we can go wrong with the what we pray for yeah. is we get caught too deeply in the question of if God's will is unchangeable. Mm. What does it matter if I pray? Right? Mm. It, it, God has this plan. God's plan is going to take place. So for me to pray, to petition God one way or the other, it just doesn't make any sense because he's going to do what he's going to do. Yeah. Um, even, I, I would say, I don't necessarily believe that that's true. Mm. But even if it was true, the Bible says, and when you pray... And not should you choose to pray for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, these whole ideas of like this will of God and, and, and understanding, you know, the the heaviness of that. Um, I mean, we get that from Scripture, but those same authors of Scripture um, call on us to pray. Um, and we see examples of them praying, right? The Apostle Paul prays for specific situations, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean... Yeah, I think people tie themselves in knots they don't have to surrounding right. the whole, you know, will of God and should I pray doesn't make a difference. Scripture says it does, so do it. Right. Yeah, just because we don't understand exactly how the whole thing works doesn't mean that we can't be obedient in just doing the thing that we've been told to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. What does the catechism say about it? So in the question to what should we pray, the catechism says... The whole word of God directs and inspires us in what we should pray, including the prayer Jesus himself taught us. All right. 
It's been a while since I've said this is a terrible answer. This is a non-answer, in my opinion. Oh, really? It, it doesn't answer the question. It just says the Bible answers the question. But the point of this is to teach us the answer. I don't get it. To me, it feels like a really? non-answer. To me, it feels like a non-answer. Okay. And, and it points us to the prayer that Jesus himself taught us, which means we are naturally going to transition then into the Lord's Prayer. Mm. But that's question 41. Yeah. So we can't spend the rest of uh, this podcast mm-hmm. talking about the Lord's Prayer, which the answer to this question has directed us to. Right. But it's also directed us to the whole Word of God. So maybe we can camp out there for a little bit. Sure. Right. right. I, I'm just saying. I, I hear what you're saying. I get you. I'm just saying. I get you. They left us with an eight minute and a 56 second podcast. <laughs> well, we can, we can stretch it to 20, I'm sure. Um, and maybe beyond. Okay. So let's, so let's break this answer down then. I mean, although, you know, maybe we feel like the answer isn't really all that great of an answer, but I, I, I think there's still some things we can, we can glean from this. Sure. Uh, we can maybe take it to that next step that maybe they didn't do here and unpack it a bit more. So when it says that the whole word of God directs and inspires, and I want us to kind of think about before we get into maybe some biblical examples of prayer, direct and inspire. What's the difference between the two when we think of our prayers being directed and our prayers being inspired? I, th- I think of direction as we look at something in sort of a head knowledge, mm. instructional, methodology mm-hmm. and inspiration is more the heart level mm. that thing that where we see other people praying and we go yeah no that yes mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. um and so for me that's the difference between the two yeah so one might be the form we see them going through i think you can break down a psalm and you can say you see how he begins with bringing his struggles and petitions to God, asking his questions before God, but then he concludes with the worship of God and the trust that he will be who he is. Uh, That would be a directive Mm. methodology. You could take that same psalm, and you could read the heart cry within that petition and read then the peace that comes with leaving that to Mm. God and be inspired. Yeah. Yeah. And I think other kind of nuances between the two, I think the Bible does give us sometimes clear direction specifically. Um, we are to pray for our enemies. Right. Right. That's a direction. Um, the inspiration might come from instances where we see, um, we see, I don't know. I'm trying to think of any, Jesus it, praying for his enemies. Sure. Jesus. Father, forgive them. because They know not what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Stephen, Echoing that same thing. Yeah. Think of even like uh, Abraham's prayer of intercession for Sodom, mm-hmm. right? Um, not, not a great group of people. Um, so I think, yeah, there, there, are biblical, there are biblical directives, and then there are examples that can inspire us. And when we're reminded of how these things played out, we can be inspired in our prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, kind of maybe direction is the skeleton and ins- inspiration puts some of the meat on the bones. Maybe. I like it. Yeah, and I think, okay, so what I'd like to maybe take a few minutes to do 
is consider some of the great prayers that we find in Scripture and mm-hmm. the variety of them and how that might um, direct and inspire us sure. in our prayer. Um, I was kind of, you know, part, like, partly from memory just trying to think of, because we spent a lot of time going through the entire Bible last year. And so certain prayers that stood out to me, um, I think of the prayer of Moses in the wilderness uh, interceding on behalf of the nation of Israel. I find in that prayer something really interesting is that Moses himself isn't really the one who's in the wrong here. You know, you could even argue to some degree, you know, he is doing his best to remain faithful, although he stumbles at times. Uh, But he is actually praying for the nation who has gone off the rails. And I think, um, I don't hear a lot of prayers like that in, in the contemporary setting, mm-hmm. you know, where we, we, pl- we don't, if we pled with God to say, God, like this Canadian society seems to be just drifting further and further from you and they don't know you and they don't love your word and they don't, you know, the, the values of this society seem to be shifting away from the values of what we know to be true, um, and petition, like, and coming to God on behalf of our nation, and saying, "God, be patient, be patient with our nation, have mercy on our nation." Right. So it's it's a type of prayer that I I don't see a lot, and I think I think there's a, there's a place for. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, I I think we want to be sure that when we pray those prayers for the nation, that we are genuinely praying for two things. The salvation of those people yeah and the glory of god yeah because what can come in those sometimes is prayers against our own inconveniences <laughs> or for our own political socioeconomical sure benefit yeah um but yeah a genuine prayer mm-hmm. for the people of your country to and, and of the world mm-hmm. uh, to come to a place. Yeah, that's great. I, I sometimes walked to work um, and, and I will pray for houses that I'm walking past mm. and the people in them um, that God would bless them with the knowledge of him mm. and call them to repentance and to the joy of relationship with him. Um, I don't know who live in those houses, <laughs> uh, yeah. but but it is it is a means of praying for the nations, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. particularly my nation. Yeah. Um, another one uh, in First Samuel, Hannah's prayer or song of thanksgiving is mm-hmm. really just a beautiful. Um, it's usually titled a song, but then in the scripture it says that she she prayed. So I mean, a prayer, a song can be a prayer, um, but I just love that song of thanksgiving that she raises up to God, you know, acknowledging who he is, how great he is and what he's done. And just that kind of overwhelming, um, that overwhelming um, thankfulness that just bleeds through every line of that, of that prayer. Um, obviously rejoicing in how God has blessed her, but, but even beyond that, just the way that he is good um, to his people. And uh, again, Thanksgiving is something that We've talked about this in the last couple of weeks, but needs to be prevalent in our prayers. Yeah, and I, I think when you when you first said Hannah, I 
I do agree. Her prayer of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. um, right there with Mary, mm-hmm. and that yeah. famous prayer of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, even previous to that, Hannah's prayer to say, "Bless me that I might give back to you." Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 That's. I mean, that's the. That's the the motivation. I mean, ultimately, I mean, you mentioned this when I was talking about the prayer of Moses, but the the glory of God needs to be a motivator for us in in all of our prayers. Mm-hmm. We we whether it's a petition or whether it's a prayer of thankfulness, His name is being lifted up, right? If we want God to intercede in a situation, it's right, like it's it's perhaps to um, to bring someone to faith, to heal an illness, to meet a need whatever that might be, but for him to do those things for his own glory. Right. Um, that's why everything exists is for his glory. Um, I love um, Jehoshaphat's prayer because what he does is in his prayer before the people, as he's kind of um, trying to bring about reforms um, in the nation of Israel in a time of like, you know, apostasy and idolatry and the, those sorts of things, he appeals to God's faithfulness throughout history so what he does is he 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 almost and we've seen that we see this other times in scripture numerous times where it's almost like walking through the history of God's faithfulness to Israel and remembering how good he was in the past mm-hmm. as a basis for the current situation. Um, you know, you and I we serve a, we serve in a church that has been around for over a hundred years. And, uh, and God has been faithful to this church for all that time. And so I think it's also healthy as we, as we have come to his throne in prayer, as we pray for this church in, in this season and the things that, um, that we're doing and that we want to see him do through us, in us and through us, right, Tim? Absolutely. Um, that, that we reflect on his faithfulness in the past. Mm-hmm. God, when this church, you know, decided to, to be when they were first planted with virtually no money in the bank or when they launched these ministries or when they did these things, when they endured these difficult seasons, you were faithful with them. And so we, we can trust you to be faithful even now. So yeah, here I raise my Ebenezer here mm. to buy thine help. I've come mm. and I hope by thy good measure safely to arrive at home. It's mm. good. Right? Here's what you've done. And based on that faithfulness, carry me forward. Um, Ezra's prayer of corporate confession. Um, Again, we've talked about this as we kind of subdivided the different ways we can pray, but uh, to pray prayers of confession, um, not just on an individual basis, although that is important, but mm-hmm. even on, in a corporate setting, that we have failed, that we have sinned, that, that we have uh, turned away from some of the things God has called us to, um, I think is, is healthy. Um, obviously, the individual basis, but I feel like sometimes when we come to this um, idea of repentance and confession, oftentimes um, it's very individualistic, right? And and there's there's certainly a, a need and a place for that, but I think um, where maybe the modern church in general can improve is to say we are repenting of this and we are confessing of this and we are turning from this and trying to turn back towards what God would have for us. Right, and this is something that we promote here a lot. I, this is basically how I wrap up a sermon, mm. right? I pray personally and then corporately um, for repentances and, and commitments. I mean, we're we're in a season right now as a church 
where we're spending three weeks of prayer and fasting mm-hmm. in this corporate repentance and commitment. Um, so yeah, that, that individual and the, the corporate are, are meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if you're looking for inspiration for prayer, I mean, the book of Psalms is huge, right? right? I mean, it runs the gamut really uh, of, of the different scenarios and situations. Um, Which I, I'm going to, I'm going to run, take over there a little bit and drop in one of the ones it. that I had. Yeah. We pray in precatory prayers, mm. prayers of judgment, that judgment be cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I feel like this is probably something that most of our camp doesn't practice so much. Um, in more charismatic circles, it's more common. Uh, but when when we read through the Psalms, and and David is in particular praying, God, my enemies have come against me, yet I trust in you. Break their teeth mm-hmm. and punch them in the throat. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You would like to think that I was being hyperbolic or overly casual, but it's there. (laughs) It's great. And I I think sometimes we read those things. We talked about this last year as we were reading through the Bible. We read those things and we think, well, I was I was with this prayer up to a point. And now I kind of feel like I'm on my heels about it. I'm not sure I want to go there. Go there. Your enemies are not flesh and blood, yeah. as God has told us. Mm-hmm. For David, it was. They were a physical kingdom with human enemies representing a greater spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. But in the New Covenant, that is less, maybe even not the case mm. as, as a universal statement. Sure. But you do have enemies— Sin and death, Satan, and all of his works and workers mm-hmm. that come against you, pray their demise. Yeah, pray the demise of the world system that brings to us temptation and sin mm-hmm. and death. Pray for that to end, to be punched in the teeth. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah, I mean, and, when and, and and when you see those things in Psalms, don't shy away from them. Mm-hmm. You, you might reimagine this thing not as a person, but as a state of being. Yeah. Cause, um, but pray that. Because when we think of, you know, maybe in our modern context, groups that are persecuting the church, um, the people who are doing the persecution are not really the primary enemy. Nope. It is the... it's the lies that they have bought into from the enemy absolutely that are that are putting them in that place where they they sometimes are convinced they're doing the right thing right so you pray that god would crush the actual enemy mm-hmm. but those who would call themselves our enemy mm-hmm. we pray for their salvation yeah right yeah so um going back to this i i, I want to kind of read through the the passage that's associated um with this week's question, uh, Ephesians three fourteen to twenty one. This is actually a passage that uh, was our our memory passage for our gentle and lowly study. Yay, yay! Um, Ephesians three fourteen to twenty one. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. 
and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Powerful passage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in this in this instance, the one of the ways that this passage can can perhaps direct us and inspire us is um, really focusing on who God is and how He works in us, and that being uh, central to to this prayer. That that Paul is essentially praying, uh, even though it's in written format, it, it is essentially a prayer that he is hoping for the Ephesian church that they would. Um, that they would be rooted and grounded in love, that they may have strength to comprehend, right? To understand how deep the Father's love is. Um, so I, I think, again, as we as we read Scripture, um, I think it's healthy for us to um, to pray Scripture, to to internalize it, and to um, and to use use these words as a way to bolster our prayers, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's always there's always this question. I, I don't know if you struggle with it. Sometimes I struggle with it when when we're praying to be like, am I am I am I saying the right thing as I'm praying? Right, mm-hmm. whether it's in a corporate setting or in a private setting, is right. this is this true? What I'm praying and and the thing is, if we're praying the words of scripture, we can we can be confident that it is true. I I catch myself editing myself mm. in my public prayers. Hmm. To think is is that the best way to word that? Hmm. Um, is it is it clear in what I'm saying? Uh, but I think the redemptive work of God is that it would be for His glory and the benefit of His creation. Hmm. And so the umbrella that rests over all of our prayer is that mm-hmm. praying for the glory of God and the benefit of his creation mm-hmm. cyclically back to his glory. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I, I think when we ask ourselves the question, should I be praying for this or not? I think that's the way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, the prayer of Jabez was a big thing. The prayer of Jabez, as it was taught by and large, had nothing to do with the glory of God. Right. It had to do with the power of God to provide for human glory. Mm-hmm. So was it the benefit of man? Maybe, maybe not. It depends on how you would have actually done if your lands would have been expanded <laughs> and what yeah. you what what that would have actually done to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but giving you the benefit of the doubt, sure. Mm-hmm. But it also has to include the glory of God. And if we are genuinely praying for the glory of God, then we're genuinely okay with him saying no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. If we're, if we're saying, no, God, if you do this for me, I will give you the glory. But at the same time, we're not cool with him saying no. Then that whole God, I'll give you the glory thing was a bit of a farce maybe even disingenuous. Mm. Um, I'll, 
I we normally like to wrap these up with a big spiritual note. Wrap it up with a funny story. Okay. Do about it. about me. I remember being maybe ten years old, sitting in my living room floor, watching a movie called Eight Men Out. The movie was about the nineteen nineteen Chicago White Sox. Dubbed the Black Sox. Because okay. they made a decision, a couple of them, eight of them to be exact, seven of them. Shoeless Joe Jackson is innocent, put him back in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> seven of them, but eight were convicted, make the decision that they're not getting paid like athletes get paid today. And some gamblers come along and say, you guys are a shoe-in to win the World Series, but... There's a lot of money to be made by you losing. A lot of money to be made. We're going to bet against you, and if you throw the series, we'll pay you more than you would have made for winning the World Series. And they took it, and they got caught. And that is, those are the guys that uh, even the, uh, the Field of Dreams are about right they get to come back and play and hmm. after they got kicked out of baseball with a permanent ban and all that sort of thing and i remember as a 10 year old sitting there in my living room watching that movie dreaming of being a major league baseball player and praying i remember praying god you give me the chance to play at that level i promise i'll never do that <laughs> <laughs> i'll never do that i'll never take that thing that you gave me and throw it away Man, I was, I was genuine. I was sincere, and I felt for sure God has to bless that prayer. Right? Surely, mm-hmm. how could He not? Right. <laughs> Your motives were so pure, Tim. They were. Uh, and at the moment, I wouldn't have been cool with Him going, "That's neat. I got other plans for you. Mm. Don't worry about that." Right. Mm. Um, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the best story. No, it's I good. It, I thought it was good. No, it's good. I, it's good because I think, because here's why, here's, here's the lesson, folks. I think it's good to understand that because we need to understand that the, that even just this, this opportunity to come to God in prayer is such a gift. Sure. Right? That, that we have been blessed with to be able to come into his presence on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. That we have these promises of scripture that we can rely on, we can go to him with and, and everything like that. But to use that in an unhealthy way for our gain that detracts from its true and and a divine purpose is is like these guys who are you know who are seeking their own benefit rather than the good of the game. Sure. Right? Yeah. Well done. Way to flip the analogy into a spiritual lesson. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada, and is produced by Alex Walker. See you later. See you later.